going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Flying Lion Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Sam, this time with Ryan and Zach. Uh, Ryan asked me to lead this one, so we're leading it, right? Um, but, dude, we're coming off a, a tough loss, guys. It's it's not going to be a very friendly episode. Um, but, Ryan, how are you doing right now? Uh, guys, I can't be, like, too mad about things the way that I'm looking outside and hearing some of the waves crashing, but uh, it, it's definitely helped to dampen the fact that I was, like, severely depressed after this game uh, just gutted you know based on the vibes are good you're feeling good and then you just kind of get your heart just ripped out of your chest um, but that seems to be a back and forth battle every time we play the crew um, so can't be too surprised by that Zach yeah I I think coming out of uh, this game it, it it really kind of um, shows what it feels like to be like a true soccer fan, like the absolute roller coaster of emotions. Like, you know, we'll go get to, into it in the game, but or in the later in the podcast. But yeah, just the the ups and the downs, like being up and then obviously minutes to go and you get it ripped out. So yeah, I I agree with you, Ryan. It's it's a tough swallow, tough pill to swallow. Yeah, I think for all three of us, I think we could say it was tough to see kind of the old FC Cincinnati rear its ugly head there um, in the second half specifically. But um, talking about more before the game, obviously huge game, huge buildup. I was so appreciative of the MLS and everybody else like for actually doing its justice and hyping this one up because it's huge. This is the biggest rivalry in the MLS and people got to see it on full display and it definitely lived up to the hype. Right. Um, and the, the big thing that I was looking forward to was, and we were all looking forward to was the sword pole. Ryan had mentioned last week, how do you follow up the sword pole that we had the week prior? And they come with the guy that we had been asking for, for what, two, three, four weeks since he got injured and they have Haglin uh, do the sword pole. Ryan, what do we think about that? You know, in one aspect, I was super pumped about it. Um, but in the other aspect, it's like, is it a bad omen to have somebody on crutches pull the sword? Like, I don't think that's ever going to happen again now that that ended this way. You know, um, it's Nick, though. I mean, he's a club legend. He's from Cincinnati. You know, you love to see the energy that he brought in that moment. But overall, now looking back on it, you, you just kind of shake your head like, I don't know if we can do that again. I think two episodes ago, I called for Joe Burrow to do one. Uh, you know, just imagine what that would have looked like, too, if it went that way. So, I don't know. Zach, what were your thoughts? <laughs> it's actually hilarious. I never even considered that. But, yeah, just the the bad omens and juju that we get with, um, you know. But we're I think as a Cincinnati, we're just large on superstition. Um, every sport, obviously, like. Anything that we can do that, like, like even Kevin in the, at, at before the game, he's like, now I'm not ever going to go to a game because <laughs> Ryan's going to give me crap for it. So it's like small things. Like it, it just like lives in the Cincinnati blood. Yeah. I think going into the game, um, you know, I know we had talked about last week where, we like, oh my God, you know, we got the win and now we have guys coming back. You know, Arias is fully healthy. You know, we'll probably see him start. Maybe Obi comes in. Is the lineup what you thought, Ryan? Um, yes and no. Um, number one, since you know the last episode, we hear all of this other drama unfold with Miazga. So that, that was in the back of my head this whole time. Like, I wonder how this is going to play out with already a thin back line, you know. Um, but to your point, Sam, the starting lineup comes out. Um, Pretty much every face that we had from the previous game against Philly, except for uh, Arias, starts on the right, I believe. Um, so, you know, I, I was happy to see him out there, and I was hoping that it was going to be a healthy Arias, which we saw in 65 minutes that he played in. Um, he did pretty well, and we'll kind of touch on that later. But um, the rest of the lineup is about what you expect. Um, it, it's hard to see an Eastern Conference final day without the defender of the year. And I can't harp on that enough. That's the biggest thing that I took away from this game is how important, you know, really he was um, to the team. You know, the last time we played the crew prior to this one, 
same thing happened. We got kind of destroyed. So I'm glad we actually started out better in this game um, and really kind of, you know, brought the energy, but um, he makes a difference. You know, he, he really, really does. So, but that, that was kind of my first impression of the starting lineup. Zach. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, I think going into, I mean, we've last um, episode, we kind of touched on just all the, different opportunities or possibilities that will um, come for this lineup this uh, past weekend. And yeah, like pulling Wobodo and Arias from last, last week. I mean, in Wobodo, I mean, that was complete um, mystery at that point. So I, I think having him out as well starting I think he was probably the one who had the flu let's be honest um I know there was kind of rumblings of that so that's true I think you could tell later in the game when he came in he just wasn't he just wasn't fully there it seemed like so I think um on top of Miazga missing him um and just really not having that I mean those are your two huge destroyers defenders and missing out both of them was obvious and yeah, I, think I think you make such a good point on that. Sorry, Sam. Like, no. just with the fact that, like, you know, the crew are such an offensive team. So you have this glaring hole in the midfield with Obi out, with Miazga out, that's kind of directing things. But to be honest, like, you didn't really see it early on in the game. It was really later on, like mm -hmm. you said, Zach, when he came in and some of the other changes we made, it just didn't seem like the connection was there, the cohesion was there. You know, we can touch on a little bit later, but some of the subs that were made, uh, Pat even took accountability for afterwards to say maybe those weren't the right people. Um, you know, at the very, very end, Bariel's, you know, starting to cramp as well. Did sickness play something into this? I don't want to just write it off to that, but that's a good point. There was reports out earlier in the week that, um, you know, a decent amount of the guys were out for that. Uh, that'd be a nice cop-out thing to say, but, uh, you know, the fact that we had a lead kind of, you know, reverses that. But Sam, what were you about to say before I interrupted you? Oh yeah. I, I think the other thing you guys have touched on the other two pretty well with Arias and, and Obi um kind of being those two changes or changes we, you know, might have thought or did happen. But um the other one I was interested to see was, you know, after the last game, does Bupenza, you know, start, right? Because last game he was very wishy washy with the ball, being careless and, you know, obviously he he puts in good moments for us here and there, but it was very glaring that, you know, he wasn't really taking care of the ball like we really needed. And um, I was interested to see if Baji slides in. Obviously, Baji comes in later in the game um, for good reason. Um, but, yeah, that was, you know, no no changes up top. And, and going into the game, the first couple minutes, it's exactly what we, you know, expected and everybody had talked about. The crew started off with possession and aggression. Um, not to rhyme a little bit there, but um, FC Cincinnati, you know, is staying back and trying to to get on the counterattack. And at the beginning, it it just for FCC, it was just like we were giving the ball away for free. Like it was, it almost looked like it was the 80th or 90th minute, and it was a zero zero game, and we were just trying to hunker down. Like that's what it looked like to me. Yeah, I think they didn't really have their footing to start and. Was the emotions of it too big? Like, was the moment at first? Like, they kind of had to settle into the game, to your point. Um, but leading up to, you know, the 14th minute, we start to create a little bit more chances, and you see a higher press, and that's what created the first goal. So I, I think we can get into that. Um, you know, high press on the wing. Bariel pressures the guy, causes a turnover for Bupenza to turn around, basically take the ball, and – within a really good ball to Vasquez, which he actually does very well with, you know, the amount of times we've talked about brutal first touch for him over the course of this year. Like he was going to be my honorary Jersey shout out just because of the way that he took that pass. I mean, Bupenza hit like 80 miles an hour at his foot, but he sets himself up per uh, into the corner. So I thought it was a great moment and, you know, 14 minutes in the game, you're feeling great against your rival you're up one like that in front of the crowd uh, to kind of silence them too because Zach I don't know if you could hear a lot of their chants or not um, from that perspective but it seemed like after that at least on the broadcast it kind of mummed it a little bit yeah I mean that's a good call I never we never really got into the um, game day 
match part of it. I mean, just from being there, it, it seemed like it, you you could only hear the Bailey. Let's be honest. I mean, all the fans were getting into the chants. Um, it, it was great to see, and really, um, thankfully, our section didn't really have many crew fans. So I I uh, didn't hear anybody really shouting or whatnot. But I mean, with with that goal, I mean, when when we scored that, it was just eruption. It, it was I. We, we always say, like, it was the loudest. Like, I think this past game, that, that those were those, those first two goals were some of the loudest I've heard TQL get. Um, phenomenal atmosphere overall. I mean, you could imagine. So, um, but yeah, I mean, with that uh, superb finish, um, just coming from, like you said, Bupenza with that heater of a cross, um, you know, Bupenza seems to really get his foot on the ball and really um, connect with, with feet a lot better than we give him um, uh, like, Credit you know what that. I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I think really Bupenza uh, really got us, got us the um, moving in the right direction. Yeah. I think what was, what was really cool um, <clears throat> this last podcast, we had said, Hey, we're looking for Vasquez to have a big game. Like he needs to show up and he did um, Ryan, to your point, phenomenal touch. That's actually his first goal since September 30th uh, versus Toronto FC when wow. he had two goals in that game. So it's been a while since he's had a goal in the back of the net, but um, I, I think he played really well over the course of the game. And I was, I was happy to see him holding up play him and Lucho were, were playing really good when they had some, some time to do some counterattacking chances. Um, but yeah, from, from there, you know, 16th minute, I think 35th minute, both sides kind of had um, some crucial chances. I know Barrial had a chance there um, on his right foot, which, you know, doesn't usually go too well, but, um, and then I, I think the crew had two really, really good chances um, kind of tested Celentano a little bit, but then you get uh, a little extra time free kick um, there going into the halftime, Ryan. You know, interesting to see because in the moment, real time, at least watching this moment, you think there's a ton of contact. And I think I even texted out in the group, like, you can say what we will about this. It created a goal. Um, there wasn't much, much contact on his foot, let's be honest. And, uh, you know, hey, Vasquez is – not in a great run of form, but he's feeling himself after, you know, this goal. And, uh, you know, does he feel contact there? Does he not? And he goes down and creates this beautiful opportunity at the edge of the box. So you're thinking, okay, they're going to line up for a Barrial left-footed, you know, kick. Um, front post, you know, we've seen him score many times this year that way. Uh, and they switch it up in a beautiful kind of flick backwards from Barrial to have Lutra running on it. Um, and we've seen so many times where he just hits the first fender or the wall and he just perfectly places it right around the edge of the wall into the side of the netting. Um, I think there might have been a slight touch from a defender on it, but that's okay. I'll take it. It was beautiful. And Zach, I bet, you know, at that moment too, go, about to go into half, like you're up 2-0, you know, you, you got to be thrilled. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, first off, I, I, I think we're definitely playing against the run of play. Like crew have been just hounding us shot after shot. And really we capitalize on the moments that matter. And, you know, this, this uh, free kick, um, but honestly, I, I couldn't tell what, what happened from my angle. There was just a bunch of bodies. And honestly, I didn't even think it went in. But then when I saw the, like, Bailey erupt, I was like, no, he did not. <laughs> like, because, I mean, there was – how many bodies did, did that ball, like, cross by? I mean – Three or four. It, yeah. it was a miraculous that it got through. But Which is, I think, why it was so hard for the keeper to judge as to where it was, you know. And they had the bodies kind of crossed crossing you know in front of it so brilliant idea uh from the training ground I, I think that was definitely a setup the funny thing funny thing was is like that last player for the crew was Cucho Cucho ducks his head at the last minute to avoid the ball instead of mm -hmm. you know clearing it out which once again that's an attacker instinct rather than a defender and I thought it was a funny point um you know 
say what you want about Taylor Twelman, but um, I thought he made a, a solid point on like right before the free kick, he was asking like why the crew had Rossi and Matan on the wall, like two of the shortest guys in the league. I, I thought that was interesting <laughs> as well, because once again, to your point, Ryan, you know, maybe Barrio's curling it in, maybe Lucho's curling it into that left corner. So I, yeah, I thought that was a good point, but you know, it works out for us and going into half we're up two Oh and the unfortunate thing is the, the, I guess that person in the back of your mind goes, hold up. The last hell is real game at TQL stadium earlier this season. FC was also up two Oh in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but go, mm-hmm. but right before that second half of, of kickoff, I don't know if you guys rewatched it or, you know, Ryan, if you saw it live while watching Apple TV, but Zach, they show the Columbus crew huddle um, going into halftime and you see Darlington Nagby wiping away tears as he is trying to give some motivation and give some energy to this Columbus crew team. And I, I thought, I mean, say what you want, but it, it, it's looking to see how the second half happened. They, they played with more passion. They played with like, they wanted it more in the second half. And that's what I really just took away from that point. So great point because I personally felt like number one, two Oh is the most dangerous score in soccer. Not one, you know, because at one, you're still playing pretty hard, but two, you feel just comfortable enough that once they sneak one back, it's like, Oh crap, you know, but Sam, to your point, great point. The game we went to earlier this year at home at TQL, you know, how did that play a role into the confidence of the crew to say, Hey, we've been in this position before and we found a way out of this. And we can battle back again. You know, I'm sure those words were shared, but you go into half and you're down 0-2 from their perspective. And, you know, you really have to be more fiery, like you said, and create more chances where I feel like we, you're right, were complacent. And in some points in this year, I felt like there was too much complacency. Um, and that's kind of what you saw. I mean, the first, I would say 20 minutes in the second half, it's kind of a little bit nervy and it's leading. You're seeing some of the cracks start to, you know, occur a little bit, but um, I think we can kind of, you know, go up to it. The 73rd minute, Bupenza gets subbed out and I felt like he had been doing a pretty decent job at at least running around up front, trying to, you know, shadow some of their play and whatnot, but he gets subbed out for Baji and then, this goal happens like right away on an own goal. So a lot of people are kind of calling that looking back on it as kind of a shifting point, but I could start to see some of the cracks that were happening. Um, like you mentioned, Sam, there was just too much chances, too many, you know, if you're on the back foot the whole time like that, you're going to get tired. You're going to get worn out chasing the ball. Um, and you don't have your leadership in there. The normal guys that you have that say, Hey, we got this collectively, you know, we've been in these moments and, you don't have Obi in there who was there, you know, all year to save that. And then he, you know, obviously subs in, but you need those guys. You need Miazzi. You need some accountability um, to say, I know we're getting rattled right now, but let's figure it out. We got yeah, this, Ryan's. You know? Yeah. Ryan's mentioning that, that first goal from the crew um, crosses played in by uh, Julian Dressel, which I, I don't know if you look at it, he's, he might be offside on that right-hand side. If if he didn't have the referee right behind him also wearing yellow, I think they probably would have called it offside. However, the goal stands, but what? I, I was going to say right before that, actually, I wanted to make a, a good point on the fact that we could have been up 3-0. Yeah. Penza gets his shot saved by Schulte, and 3-0 is different than 2-0, and yeah, he Zach, makes a Zach. heck of a save on that effort. Yeah, Zach, what was the reaction on that? Because obviously they call it a handball, and it, it – it was um, because you're not allowed to have the hand or arm have the ball go in. Um, but what was kind of the reaction after that? Yeah. I, I'm just going to say, is that the 51st minute when that happens? 68. There's two. Yeah. There's two of yeah, them. There's one that was yeah. disallowed. And then the second. Yeah. I was going to say the, the one where he, I think there was like three or four shots that we ripped on them, like mm-hmm. one after the other. And yeah, that final one where, um, it kind of I, I went back and watched the replay in live that looked goal as ever. I mean, they 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 did the smoke. They did everything like it looked it looked clear. I mean, it looked pretty obvious from our our perspective. And and unfortunately, from where we're sitting, uh, we have kind of his like 
left side shielded so you couldn't really see it so we we assumed it was in and good and then i mean lo and behold you can slow I'm it down and yeah you you see like it touches arm like that but like you said zach i wonder if it's a moment of real time you have to make that judgment call and it looks real and it looks good but like you said you slow it down and you look at it and you're like oh well you see it kind of hit his elbow but yeah even then though i mean i just I guess if it hits off his arm and goes in the goal, like, that's one thing. But I mean, I guess if it hits off your hip or your your abs, it's another. But I, it's hard to say, hard to say from where we were sitting. Yeah, yeah. how pretty would three zero have looked though for us? I mean, three zero would have been nice. Three zero definitely would have uh, been nice. Unfortunately, though, it is it is two one after the own goal um, off of Alvis Powell's leg. Um, honestly, on that too. Celentano needs to punch that out. He missed the punch. If he doesn't miss the punch, it there's no question there on anything, no goal score chance, nothing. It's just a regular cross that Celentano deals with. And we start the chant, right? Celentano and goal. Um, but yep. yeah, later on, um, you get more and more chances for the crew, and you you continue to see this theme of FC Cincinnati just getting battered. And our guys just slowly having zero energy. And there's a couple of chances that the crew have where I think Rossi has a chance where he almost, he gets his head on it, but it goes over the um, the crossbar. So that's, you know, a crucial chance. And then in the 85th minute, the crew get another goal off a Gressel uh, cross. Um, you know, Ramirez back heels it to Rossi who dishes it to Cooch. To be honest with you, like it was, it was a solid goal. Um, but Kucho, what, are, what is our defense doing in the box there? Yeah, they lose it, and Mascara just he, he pokes it. He pokes it clear, and it falls right to Rossi, who, who finishes it in the back of the net. Like, what are, what are we doing? Yeah, honestly, you know, I go ahead. I was gonna say when I first rewatched that on, um, or like seeing it live, I was like, damn, that that was a pretty good looking goal. I mean, just from the like touching and like quick passing. I mean, and then I watched it. Uh, uh, sorry, on the broadcast, and I thought the same thing. And then I saw that other angle. I was like, "No, that's Mascara's foot hitting it in." I'm like, "Mascara, you're so much better than that. You got to, you cannot clear that to the middle of the box. Like, of all things, defender, that is not what you should be doing. You know." So, I, I thought that was a I was a little mistake on his part. For large, you guys want to know the the difference of this game uh, from their side versus our side, obviously they're attacking style and obviously our defender of the year being out, but um, Gressel, you know, they bring in in the transfer window in the summer and, you know, Ramirez being another experienced guy that they bring in, but key players off the bench um, where our subs that came in didn't really have the same energy and couldn't match that. Um, but Honestly, the way I look at it is I feel we, we kind of failed our team uh, in the summer transfer window in some ways. Like I think Sam's going to kind of allude to this a little bit later on, so I won't go into too much detail, but that to me is the difference there. How many times did you say Grussell's crosses, you know, like you, you bring in quality subs like that with energy and not that our subs weren't experienced, but just didn't seem to have the same mentality. Um, so I felt like that was interesting. Yeah, I I think that's a great point there uh, on, you know, Gressel being a key signing for the crew, and it definitely showed in this game, um, showing up on the wing there. Um, regardless who – I mean, we take Arias out, and he's firing crosses um, beyond Gaddis's, you know, legs or control. So um, I thought that was a good point. But then, you know, after the 90 minutes, um, you go, holy crap, at FCC, I I heard the the broadcast. They they were saying that FCC had not let up a second half goal since August twenty third at TQL Stadium. I thought that was insane, right? Obviously, going into the that. game, they're calling the crew a first half team, and FC Cincinnati is the second half team. It completely reversed this game, completely reversed, and that's just you know that's hell is real, right? That's exactly what it is. Um, but going into full time. You can you can tell, and I, I think the broadcast made made a good point of this. Pat Noonan goes directly to Lucho, right? And he goes, like, do you have another 
you know, another 30 for me. Like, can you, can you do this? And he, he kind of, Lucho's kind of like, yeah, like I got it and like shrugs him off. And if, if I'm Pat, you got to question that right away. Like that's not a, that's not a captain for you right there. Who's got a lot of energy. I think it's such an emotional 90 minutes and you put your heart into that whole first half and you're chasing the game. Like I said, like there had to be some flip, there had to be some maintaining possession or something that takes the pressure off of you. And, you know, we did have chances, you know, we can't say we didn't, but Sam, to your point, after, you know, we get bombarded like that, um, you don't really see like in the extra time, too many chances, too much energy. Um, is that a fact that people are sick that week? Is that a, you know, on the fitness team? I, I don't know because they seem to have a ton of energy and we were gassed, but I don't think we used as many subs in the playoffs in the last several games. So they weren't necessarily ready for that moment um, like they were, unfortunately. And that's the difference there. But yeah, you're at think, home. You have to feed off your crowd. Like you're yeah. in the playoffs. Like you have to be able to find it, you know, in that moment. And I don't know if that's something that just wasn't portrayed or Sam, to your point, uh, they look at the captain and they say, well, our captain's gassed. You know, he's not really saying anything. He's tired. And they kind of all take that energy. I don't know. Yeah. The only chance that we had was Baji's chance. Um, there, I think mm-hmm. it was what minute, 105th minute, I think. So, um, yeah, and that was, that was a solid chance. He just didn't get the ball out quick enough to get a shot off, but, um, yeah, the, the crew end up scoring there in the second half there of the, of extra time and 114th minute or 115th minute there. Um, and to be honest with you, this all starts with Acosta losing the ball there on the sideline and, Acosta starts cramping up. Barrial starts to cramp up. And then Gressel then swings another cross over to no one, which they're looking for a foul there on Gaddis. There's there's nothing there. And then another crew player crosses it back in. And what what Cucho's wide open on the backside of the post. You're like, what how did he? And then you look at the replay after Cucho heads it over to Ramirez and it's an easy tap-in goal. You see that. Angulo is just jogging back and you see Barrial kind of jogging back, but Angulo like Cucho is right in front of Angulo's face. Like that's, that's on Angulo yeah. right there. Yep. I think it's on him, but I think I see this video right before it. Like you said, Sam, you made a key point is the cramping. Barrial had a tough time even getting back. So if you know, you're not going to be able to get back. You tell Angulo, you have to take my position. You have to take my guy. And he just, I don't think he spoke up in that moment. Yeah, I, I think you both are right in that regard. I, Angulo should have tracked back with Lu, or Lucho, with Cucho. Um, he, I think considering Ian Murphy, I mean, he had two guys he had to cover. You, you got to cover the closest man to you. So, yeah, I, I think... At that point, I think, like uh, you guys both said, Pat Noonan, he was um, criticizing himself for it. I think both subs, the Angulo and the Santos sub, should have came at the the beginning of the extra time as opposed to that second half of that extra time so they could settle into that that game format that they were playing in. And I, I think because of that, I don't think Angulo really had the understanding that I mean, granted, you just watched a full 90 minutes, but he didn't understand the full breadth of the field that he's going to have to cover because, I mean, they're heavily attacking. So you also need to get back on defense. But, you know, it's – When's the last time that he played? Tell me that. I said this a few podcasts ago. When is the last time Angulo played minutes? I we we were talking about it for however many weeks, and I I know we had mentioned, you know, who do we want coming off the bench, right – and we had mentioned that collectively Pinto would probably be the better option Pinto. because defensively he he had shown throughout the year that he can step up and not only, you know, sub in for Lucho, but also be a, a second defender next to Obi. Um, if, you know, they do take Moreno out or want to put Kubo as, you know, a center attacking mid or just a, a midfielder, um, he's able to lock that down rather than Angulo. We've seen it all year. Discipline. 
Yeah. Discipline, discipline, discipline. If you're having a team that's slamming the ball down your throat, you need to have somebody that knows where they are on the field, who's got who, and can communicate. Granted, he's similar age to Angulo, but showed more maturity throughout the year. So I agree with you there. My second point on subs, I'm going to go back to subs again, is you bring in some experienced people towards the end up top, but again, people that either had been coming off injury or hadn't been producing, whereas Ramirez is kind of a you know, proven goal scorer and has been able to find hot streaks. So again, what options did we really have off the bench to create chances? And I think that depth that we had that we really loved all year long was good in some ways when they were good. And when it was bad, it was terrible. So I, I think you're seeing over the course of, you know, how many games did we play this year? 50 games. How much depth is a huge thing, especially in these playoffs. Um, and, you know, obviously there's things you can't control, like one of your players being out, you know, Haglin, and then another player that gets suspended. So you can't predict some of these things too, but it's just, it's easy for us to say, Oh, this should have been better. This should have been better, but man, you know, we were that close. And that's the biggest thing that I want to say is what an unbelievable season. It's way better than what we've seen before. And I think it only gets better from here. Um, I really hope we can retain some people and we'll kind of get into this later too, but um, yeah, I, I, overall, you know, I'm, I'm disappointed, but um I've had a, a day or two now to kind of think about it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah you don't have to deal with the crippling depression like <laughs> Sam and I do. Yeah, I know he's he's sitting on the beach there. He'll he'll be fine. Shake it off. Um, <laughs> I'm sure reality will hit him back in the face once this next week. You know, we have to watch the Columbus Crew versus LAFC in the MLS Cup final. But um, to to wrap up the recap here, we'll we'll do uh, some trivia of the week. We'll go into the break and we'll we'll come back on the other half. Um, but Zach's got a trivia of the week for us. Yeah, I'll shoot it over to you. Here we go. You guys ready? It is how many teams have won Supporter Shield to go on to win the MLS Cup? Number of teams, and then bonus if you can name the teams. Okay. Hmm. I'm trying to think of like those storied franchises that we have here in the MLS. Um my, First thought is I'm going to go with five and teams would be, I'm going to go Seattle Sounders, LA Galaxy, DC United, Columbus Crew, and then um, LAFC. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go four. Um, DC, Galaxy, LAFC, and Seattle. Some good guesses. All right, we'll be back. So Agility is a technology-driven soccer training facility. So we offer six facets of training. Uh, that would be Tech Touch uh, with ball launchers that work on your first touch, the TSZ, uh, which is the ESA equipment and working on decision-making. We also have a circuit. Uh, circuit training would be taking the ESA equipment to the next level. It's kind of like a soccer obstacle course. Then we offer neuroscience training with our reflection tools. Uh, working on processing things a little bit faster, hand-eye coordination and such. Uh, we offer skills classes, which is your typical corporate skills training. Um, lots of people still enjoy that, so we work on a lot of attacking 1v1 skills. And then we also offer athlete development. So our athletes come here and they work on speed, agility, uh, quickness, explosive movements, really just learning how to move and function a little bit better as an athlete. We are back, uh, Flying Lion podcast, second half of the podcast. Um, boys, we we already recapped everything, went over trivia of the week. Um, it's time to get into the regular segments that we do, um, and we'll start off with Ryan. We're going to do Jersey Swaps of the Week. What was your Jersey Swap of the Week? My Jersey Swap of the Week was Aaron Penza. Sam, you talked about earlier on in the first segment, um, we've been harping on this guy from the last couple games. But, you know, in the first half, he showed up, um, and I felt like he actually had a pretty meaningful performance up top. My honorable mention was um, Brandon Vasquez uh, with his goal. You know, we had been wanting him to, you know, 
score a goal because it's been a while. But um, Bupenza otherwise had four shots, two on goal, one assist, um, came off in the 73rd minute. But um, to me, you know, it, it was hard to pick one, to be honest, but it was my jersey swap. I'm, I'm a yeah, I think honest. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of that that jersey swap right there. Um, mainly because I had, um, one of my themes of the game was that Bupenza kept giving the ball away. That was my <laughs> that was my biggest theme to the game. Like, it seemed like every time he had besides the assist of Vasquez, after that, it seemed like every time he touched the ball, he lost it to some degree. Um, and I was getting a little frustrated with him. Uh, that's why I had mentioned, you know, I thought Vasquez was a lot better at, at doing a little bit more hold-up play um, with Lucho and, and Barrial and Arias there. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, Bupenza did play well for a second. And then I, I thought, you know, once again, he, he's messing around out there trying to do too much and um, needs to get the ball out of his feet. But, I mean, that was my perspective. Zach, do we need a third take on that? <laughs> no, I think you, you kind of – hit it on the head I, i'm kind of surprised ryan it's not like you <laughs> i think i think honestly really i i think uh you should have gone with vasquez on this one thanks guys for uh correcting <laughs> me on that actually i think uh, that was probably wrong by me but honestly you know let's go with the theme of this episode all right let's go let's just keep all this sob feeling you know going and the fact that Vasquez might be gone and this guy we're stuck with, I'm just trying to find things that are positive <laughs> about this guy. Cause we're going to be stuck with him. You know? So uh, there we go. That's what I'm going to say about that. Oh, but man. Zach, what was your Jersey swap of the week? That's fair enough, Ryan. I appreciate the candor. Um, you know, I'm going to, I think we all, we all know he's had the, the best uh, season that he's ever had. Um, we're going to go with Lucho um, finish off the season. I think, um, you know, he, he had a fantastic match for what he played, in my opinion. I mean, he had a magnificent bender, um, the finesse that he was able to put on the, that free kick, um, more or less a free kick. Um, you know, he, he I I know you kind of criticized him a little bit, Ryan. Um, I think he, him saying that he, he had a little bit more in him. I think it was his feeling of, you know, being in Cincinnati, you know, we always have this expectation for players to come in and, you know, fight to the end and really give it their all. And I think he really wanted to show that in a way. I think he really wanted to stay out there and show Cincinnati and he wanted to win it for us. And I, th I think it really at him as a captain, I think it really showed, I think, um, you know, him on the like front line, you know, he's injured, you know, and he's trying to give it his all. I think it was more to show the other people like, Hey, you're, I'm still in this and injured. You need to do your hardest and work your hardest to, you know, finish this off. I, I think it really showed in him um, in this game. So that, that's, that's my uh, Jersey swap. Sam, what was your Jersey swap of the week? <laughs> Unless you want to comment because I'm going to steal both of yours. I already seen what you both put and I wish I would have stolen both of them because that Zach, that was perfect. Yeah. I, I think Lucho to, to Zach's point, I mean, the, the guy gave it all. He gave it his all. I mean, that's all you can ask from, from this game. Um, obviously that's, that's not on him for, you know, Pat leaving him out there. I mean, what are you supposed to say? Nah, like I'm, I, I suck. I take me off. Right. No, like he did the right thing. He did the thing that we all would have done, which as a captain, you're like, no, I'm, I'm good to go. I can, I can do it. And you know, he just didn't have his legs in him because once again, he played his heart out during that, uh, all those 90 minutes there. Um, but yeah, my my jersey swap of the week is is Barrial. Um, once again to kind of ride off of what Zach said, Barrial played his heart out too for FC Cincinnati, in what was likely gonna be his last game in an FC Cincinnati jersey. This guy played all 120 minutes and recorded an assist, which was that back heel to Lucho. Um, he had the most touches for FC Cincinnati with 88, and he also had the most tackles with five. So down that left hand side, he was shutting stuff down. Um, when the crew was really putting it on, putting the crosses in, he was um, kind of taking away those chances, either recovering or um, just playing straight up defense, which isn't really Barrial's game. Like usually he's that guy flying up the left-hand side, putting in a lot more crosses, but um, he's definitely going to be missed. And it was awesome to see him grow into his own at FC Cincinnati. 
I'm going to get too sad talking about this. Um, next episode, I think we're going to really do a deep dive and a recap of the season. But yeah. Um, Sam, yeah, he played his heart out this game. And we've seen it all year. The dude's played in the most, I think, the most matches of any player of our team. Um, and this was no exception. You know, you see him out there cramping. He can barely even walk. And he's trying to get back in position. You know, maybe he could have done a little bit better at communication, but I can't fault the guy on effort. Um, you know, he, he's consistently shown, you know, he's got it. He's top class um, wherever he goes, man. I, I want to follow. I want to get a jersey um, and buy in. Barrial is the real deal. Man, you guys are cheesing it up. I love it. it you know, it, I agree with everything you both are saying. I, I, I think coming out of, I guess first getting him to to now just seeing the vast difference in player like the maturity the actual play style has changed dramatically dramatically not dramatically let me let me correct that um <laughs> big difference on that no I, I think yeah you're right Mario he's one to follow definitely gonna miss him um yeah yeah you can see him hugging the fans after and. I mean, just how much it meant to him. And, you know, he posted on his Instagram today, you know, the fans and the orange and blue. And, and yeah, I, I I don't know. It's like one of those uh, – you, have you guys seen the WWE guy where he's, like, crying? Yeah. And it's like when your kids ask you about Barrial, that's going to yes. be what mine's going to be. Yeah, Vince McMahon. Like, yeah. 100%. 100%. You know, it'll be Lucho, but it'll be Barrial. You know, it'll be both. Well, like like I had said, he, he's kind of grown up in front of our eyes, right? Um, and he's become a, a completely different player than, you know, what he arrived as. Um, so uh, it's going to be tough to see him go, but we'll we'll touch on that in the, the coming weeks, months. Um, but kind of slide into something sad, mad, whatever you want to make it is our card of the week. Ryan, what was your card of the week? Guys, um, I, I hate that this is happening again. Um, Alvis Powell received uh, direct messages um, with some racist comments again. And as, you know, huge fans of Alvis Powell this year and his performance, the way that he's, you know, respected everyone in this community, um, we welcome Alvis Powell, you know, from this podcast and wish him the best of luck and, you know, our sincere, you know, apologies that he had to go through this. Um, there's no room for this ever, like we've said with Baji's situation, but um, it happened again. No matter which way you want to look at it, you can be disappointed all you want in this rivalry. At the end of the day, it's a game. And you shouldn't treat another human being that way. Um, Alvis has got such a good heart, I can tell. You know, he sent us a message before this last game. Uh, on Instagram, actually, I'm sharing this with everyone just because I thought it was so special. You know, Zach, you shouted him out last week um, for your jersey swap. And the dude said, hey, I, I haven't gotten that much love in my career. And I really, really appreciate it. So of all the people, you know, I feel for him the most. And Alvis, we're here for you, man. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, we all second that um here from the flying line podcast to alvis um huge fans of his and he, he played a phenomenal game once again this whole team they did they played their heart out um and you know on that back line it, it could have been 1-0 real quick columbus crew the other way at the beginning of the game alvis you know clears it off with his head he uses his, his head almost his face i thought it hit his face uh to begin with because the ball was hit so hard but yeah he, he played phenomenally um and you know, you can't really make up for Ryan saying, you know, saying we were missing out the defender of the year. So him stepping up into that center back role, I, I thought he did a great job, but yeah, Zach, do you have any comments on that? No, honestly, I, I both of what you said is enough. I, I think obviously there's no room for racism or anything like that. I think obviously you have our hearts. Um, we're, we're here to support you. Um, any FC Cincinnati player for that matter. Uh, if you, if you ever need anything, we're here. <laughs> yeah. On, on top of Absolutely. that, Jack, so what was, what was your card of the week then? Oh, you know, I, I kind of feel for the Columbus crew right now. Going to be honest. So hear me out. Had we won that, 
I think the MLS Cup ticketing would still affect us just as bad. Face it, Ryan. I don't think you and I would get a ticket. I'm just going to throw that out there. I think just with all the um, – just going to say BS that supporters, the supporters groups that the crew have faced with trying to get tickets has been unreal. I mean, the fact that they're getting scalped even in the – like. Uh, supporters group section, the Nordec. It's like, what the heck is going on here? Like selling out to sponsors. Obviously, I mean, it's kind of a given, you know, it's MLS. They had control of the tickets, but I think it was a complete mess and failure failure from the start. Um, truthfully, like I said, Ryan, I, I, I think we would run in the same situation and I kind of feel for them. Hey, Zach, you want to come join me down here in the Bahamas with that money you could have spent? <laughs> I know, right? Uh, Alvis, you can come down too. Um, but uh, I, yeah, dude, you're you're spot on. Um, it's crazy to think that if you're gonna set up this MLS Cup final game and hype it up being in your home stadium, then you give your supporters the benefit of having that. You know, that's the reason why they have home field advantage. Um, I don't care about all these LA people that are able to afford this, that travel, like they hosted it last year. Um, it, it, it's ridiculous that the MLS again is making goofy rules. Um, we've seen it time and time again. It's a reoccurring, you know, reoccurring theme every week, but um, that, that's my two cents on that. Yeah. I think with the MLS ticketing in, in general, I think, you know, once again, it, it's going to be like that for the, the big games. Um I'm not going to sit here and say what Zach just said and say that I feel for the Columbus crew because I don't. But as far as an MLS fan in general, um, I can definitely see where um, you can come into a situation like that and be like, what what the heck? Like, where are our tickets to support our team? Um, that's just, you know, that's unfortunate. It is. Uh, but go, going off of that, um, I, I was trying to decide what I wanted my card of the week to be. I know Ryan had mentioned I was going to talk about, you know, possibly some future stuff, um, but I, I I changed it. I figured we could put all that, you know, on, on a different podcast, probably an off-season podcast a little bit better for that. But I wanted to go off of kind of Zach's, but my card of the week is the fact that Columbus got to celebrate their title um, at TQL Stadium. Oh, man. it. I mean, there's, there's nothing you can do about it, but it it stinks. It really, really does. Um, watching the Apple TV celebration afterwards on our home turf, um, it just you watched it. it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I it's trying to be like the players where they watch. It <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, where they're getting themselves psyched up for next year to be exactly. Like, you watch respect. you watch all these football players after their conference games just standing there and being like, oh next year you know this is this is what it feels like feel it you know um <laughs> so yeah just they should have just your, sat there and looked at that yeah watching watching your biggest rival <laughs> celebrate the conference title on your turf is just a disgusting sight to witness and once again i mean I, hey sam guess what <laughs> that'll be the last time they're going to celebrate this year so oh hey oh hey oh Hey, a little, little sneak peek into what we're going to talk about the rest of the podcast here. But yeah, I, I thought, my goodness, like this just, it doesn't feel right at all to see yellow and, and black only in the stadium. Every orange and blue was just out of that stadium and it was only yellow and black. And it was just, it didn't feel like it, it, just, it was just so weird. It was weird. And I, I didn't like it. And I wanted them to just like go home. Then you can go to your stadium and then you can celebrate there. Like just, do it on your own time, not not on our turf. I'm going to piggyback off both of you and kind of combine this. Um, the crew fans earlier in the week that were complaining that we only gave them 200 tickets, um, that's the minimum, and it's a rivalry game. So get over yourselves. I don't know if you guys saw that or not, but, like, you think we're going to give you more than that? You think we're going to be generous and be like, oh, yeah, we'd love to have more of you here. Like, No you guys would do the exact same to us. So don't act like you're better than us like that. Oh man. But yeah, to, to Ryan's point, yeah, going, going into, you know, the next topic here, we've, we've got the crew versus LAFC. Um, 
obviously our our season's over, so now we have to watch two teams that are in the MLS Cup. Um, and it's going to be at the Crew Stadium. It's going to be cold, and it's going to suck for LAFC. But um, guys, what are our thoughts on this That's... MLS Cup? Sorry, Sam. Yeah, I mean, you, the first thing I was just going to be like. Number one, I'm not going to watch it because I don't want to give Apple any more of my money. I don't want the MLS to benefit off of this. Um, it's in Ohio. That's kind of cool. You know, stayed at least in Ohio. It's not in L.A. But you're right. I mean, L.A. is coming into 30 degree weather and like they have an unfair advantage in a way. Right. Um, but I mean, you could say that in any sport. NFL, you know, all these teams that are from warm markets and they get to play, you know, in Miami for the Super Bowl or whatever. I mean, it happens in every single sport, but um, LA is going to dominate this game. Let's be honest. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. It, it'll be a good game. It'll be a good game. But uh, yeah, I mean, come on. We're not going to sit here and say we want the crew to win this. Come on, come on Sam. <laughs> Zach, what are we thinking? Oh, heck no. You know, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to be voice my opinion and be honest here. It's full of hot takes, right? You know, I guess it's not very often that you get a um, a conference final in Ohio on top of a MLS Cup final, well, MLS Cup match in Ohio. I'm you got to respect Ohio for what they are. I mean, they're they're coming in hot with soccer, like some of the best soccer in obviously the United States. And I'm gonna pull pull out for Ohio. You know, I I think Ohio has what it takes to win. You know. They have a conference final and then now an MLS cup. So let's do it. You know, you, you gotta be honest growing <laughs> up. Let's I'm, I'm going back to my roots. Columbus crew is all we had, you know, got it. You got to respect it for what it is. Ryan, Ryan's watching the, this podcast deteriorate. I've been waiting for the moment for us to have a team for all of these years. So I, I didn't exactly. have to watch them in that terrible stadium that they used to play in with all of these fans that don't even know they even have a professional team. It's on plenty of videos around the city. Um, so now that they don't have Ohio State in the college football playoff, maybe they'll watch this game. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see the population of people that actually even know the game is there. That's a good point. That's uh, a good I'm, I'm point. Being, yeah. I'm being silly, but, like, come on. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, there's not a ton of people there that actually follow the crew. Um, yeah, I, I the think people that are there that do are diehards and they really support their team and they've been there for a while. But yeah. I think that's a good point as far as ratings go. Um, I, I I wonder how much of a, a game, you know, this is going to be, is it going to be watched that much? Um, obviously, TV wise, I think they picked a, a pretty good time to have the MLS cup final um, as far as just how it falls, right. College football and the bowl games, they don't really start, I, I guess, do they start next week possibly? Um, but it's like, I don't know if it's maybe a during the day on Saturday or whatever, but um, those are the mid tier teams, right? So you're not going to watch those. So, I mean, they, they picked a good time to have it. Um, obviously we had talked about how the schedule sucks and, you know, it shouldn't be this late anyway, but if they're going to have it, in December, like this is a good week to have increased viewership, et cetera. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what the numbers say. Um, but going forward into our off season, you know, we have mentioned multiple times within this podcast, you know, going forward, we're, we're going to have more off season stuff um, obviously. And next week will be very off season focused. Um, I, I had seen that we were supposed to announce roster moves here soon. Does anybody know yesterday. Or remember the date yesterday? It was uh, November 3rd, but I think because of us just playing, they're going to give us a little bit of leeway on making roster decisions. Any update on that or is that all we got? Uh, that's so the third was supposed to be obviously this fourth, uh, probably by the end of the week, you'll get some notice on roster decisions. Trades start on the 11th uh, for MLS. 14th, I think, becomes more where you can start to sign uh, free agents, I believe. Um, so you're going to see a lot more roster moves. But to Sam's point, um, you know, in this offseason, 
I hate that we're at this point. Um, <laughs> it's been just an unbelievable season. I want to thank everyone who's watched, you know, our podcast. We've had an unbelievable, you know, first season to even report on um, for the team. I've never felt more sentimental about a team besides the Bengals team that went to the Super Bowl, to be honest with you, but just so connected with these players. Um, so these roster decisions are going to be kind of hard to yeah. see. Um, but moving forward with all the competitions we have next year, I'm excited. There's a lot of opportunity. Um, we have unbelievable staff who's staying. So I have full confidence in what they are going to create. But um, again, to Sam's point, you know, next up, several episodes, kind of a recap, talking about transfers. We're thinking about roster moves, stuff like that. Um, I really want to go to Zach's point that he said several months ago. Um, I think, you know, next episode with a total recap of the season, we're going to do a total tally for Jersey swap. Um, and we're going to give you guys our fine line, fine line Jersey swap of the year. We'll do a card of the year um, and things like that to kind of recap the season and to really see, you know, where some of these players stand in our eyes. Um, but unbelievable season overall. Um, it, it's been awesome. Zach, yeah, I, you know, in, in, in just a few quick short months, we'll have the season right again. I mean, I, I don't know if they've announced it yet, but I mean, hell, it's right around the corner. So, I mean, off season's not, not going to be not going to be long like it has in the past. So I think there's going to be a, a lot of opportunity for um, what? So I saw you, you said the, the off season shorter. I saw that the off season they have is like four to six weeks. I'm not even kidding you. It's like four to six weeks. And then they start up again. The amount of time between the last game and the game we just played I mean it was a week but the one before that the Philly game was 21 days which is essentially the off season that we will have before we start our training camp again so MLS get your stuff together because that's ridiculous that their off season is almost the length of the break between games and the playoffs okay that's just dumb but Zach we're in the Champions Cup uh, which is this South American North American tournament um, and that starts up in very early February with the potential that we'll host some games um, during that time. So, you know, bring your your coats and your snowwear because we thought it was cold in December. February is going to be a different animal. Yeah, to, to your point on, on hosting games, I think maybe next episode we touch a little bit on, on Copa America as well because um, the host cities mm. came out. Um, so we'll probably touch on that as well. But um, any final thoughts from anybody else before we, we give Zach his uh, trivia of the week answer? I'm really excited to do these uh, end of the year awards. Really looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to see as to the tallies. I could probably tell you based on performances where it's at, but I am interested to see. I think we definitely have an honorary one. You know, again, I want to shout out Alvis Powell because he's just been such a huge follower of us actually you know and the early stages of our podcast here but um i really hope that we can find a spot for him i think he's already signed in for next year yeah um i can't say how much i appreciate to see him step into the position he had to be put in in the playoffs um and how he's kind of grown into his role too considering he's a right back you know at heart so to play center back too and to fill in there um ha has been awesome so i just wanted to shout him out one more time again yeah all right so zach give us the the trivia of the week answer all right i'll reread the question how many teams have won the supporters shield to go on to win mls cup we've got sam who said five teams and his teams were seattle uh, la galaxy dc united the crew and lafc and then Ryan said four with DC, LA Galaxy, LAFC, and Seattle. The answer is six teams. So you, you guys are both close. Uh, but you guys actually named um, either half or just over half of the teams listed. DC United, LA Galaxy, Kansas City, Wizards, Toronto FC, LAFC, and the crew. It's hard, man. It's hard to win multiple championships in a single year. 
Yeah, and, and, and DC United and LA Galaxy have done it twice. They're the only two. Hagman wow. was a part of that 2017 Toronto team. I think that was also the year they won the Canadian Championship, if I remember. They had a tree play. Yes, in that in that respect, yes. Interesting. So, I mean, yeah. If you count. Again, for, for all these opportunities to win trophies, like, I'm happy we got one. Like, you know, we, we got our first trophy. We'll kind of review that again next episode. But, um, hey, we got we got a trophy. You can't be mad about that. We were the best team in the regular season over the course of, of what, seven, eight months. Um, that's a huge accomplishment in itself because anywhere else around the world, again, that would be the best. That would be the pinnacle. Agreed. Obviously tough loss, but um, next season, hopefully building on it. And to Ryan's point, we got one trophy. Let's continue to two to three and keep going up. So thanks everybody. We don't want two. We don't want three. We don't want four. We want five. We want six. Was that LeBron? I think that was LeBron. Yes, that was LeBron. That was LeBron. But um, (laughs) I want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. Um, Once again, check us out on TikTok, Instagram, Spotify, YouTube. Um, Just give us some support. Uh, We appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you next time. Whoa, whoa, whoa.